We can teach them to fetch, shake, and roll over, but our wet nose, kiss, and tail, wagon, four-leg, having companions are going to teach us about happiness on Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Please, that you are joining us wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. We thank you for making us a part of your day. And we want to thank those of you who tuned in this past week to episode two of Live Happy Radio. If you happen to be in the Dallas metro area where we are based, you can hear it on the radio, 98.7. But if you're not... You can still listen at 8 o'clock Central Daylight Time. You can go on to radio.com, search for KLUV, and find us. And you can hear all kinds of fun stuff. Our happy facts segments, happy activists, interviews with the top experts in positive psychology, all there as part of Live Happy Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Live Happy Magazine and just get happiness all the time. You can get it at uh, wherever fine magazines are sold. You can subscribe to it, and you can get the digital edition, as always, by uh, going to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Put it on your phone, your tablet. Take it with you wherever you want to go. Our guest this week is Gary McDaniel. He's an award-winning professor teaching courses in leadership, organizational behavior, and management. And he's written books on leadership strategy, conflict management, and most recently, The Dog's Guide to Your Happiness, Seven Secrets for a Better Life from Man's Best Friend. Gary's a frequent commenter on topics such as developing leadership skills, how to create an inspirational workplace, life balance, and what humans and businesses can learn from dogs to improve their lives. Well, Gary, uh, very excited to have you on the program. Before we started, we're talking about uh, our dogs, and and I said, you know, I'm a little skeptical about how uh, our dogs teach us to be happy because mine just teaches me that I have to guard my food uh, uh, like uh, like uh, some sort of uh, mythical creature would be guarded. I mean, it's it's intense the way our dogs are focused sometimes. That's exactly right. As you were just saying, you know, your dog is is really focused on his food, on your food. Yeah. And he and they, who else do you know that'll sit there and stare at the same same plate for that long? Uh, maybe the cat. That's about it. Other than that, the dogs <laughs> the dogs got a laser like uh, in intensity and laser like focus on on that. That's for sure. Right. Before we get uh, into what our dogs can teach us, why do you believe that happiness is something? that people are really seeking in their lives. And it's not just today. I mean, this has been going on for probably as long as there have been humans with conscious thought. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. And and I think that's one of the values that uh, Live Happy Magazine brings is that uh, people are seeking happiness. And I'm not sure they know why. And I, But I personally think part of the reason is that we're uh, uh, somewhat sold of a, a bill of goods. Uh, as you probably know, we're bombarded with uh, messages from the media uh, and friends and even family, that uh, success in life is 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 uh, to achieve extrinsic things such as a house, a car, you know, a salary, big job, things like that. 
But the fact is uh, that most Americans are not very happy. In fact, 31 percent, uh, according to the latest Harris poll, report themselves as happy, which means uh, almost 70 percent are not happy. And you have to wonder, out, well, why is that? And I, again, I think it's because they're, they're, we're um, kind of taught to pursue extrinsic uh, rewards. And it's really internal things such as uh, pursuing something that you want to do with passion, uh, loving other people, having really sound relationships, forgiving others. That's what really matters in life. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because recently there was a study that uh, was released again. Uh, I think they do this every year, every couple of years, about the happiest countries in the world. And the United States has almost every advantage, all right? We've got, uh, you know, secure uh, housing. We've got uh, an abundance of food. And sure, there's poverty, but it's not nearly what there is in the rest of the world. Materially, the United States is pretty well set up, uh, probably better than any other country in the world. And yet we're 14th in happiness. Why do you think that is? Is it the pursuit of material things that we're not living up to it, or what? I think it is the pursuit of material things, and it's not that material things are not good. They, As you probably know, material things, like if, you, if I give you a new car or a boat or something like that, you'll be happy with it, You'll be, but, but it doesn't last. And mm-hmm. the reason for that, psychologists calls the hedonic treadmill, that we have a set point of happiness, and so if something great happens, that point goes up. We go, yay, you know, we won a million dollars. But then it, it reduces back to the original set point. And the same thing happens, by the way, if something bad happens. So if uh, we lose a job, we go, oh, rats, that's great, that's awful. But then after a little while, we bounce right back up to our re- original happiness level. Sure. Like you said, these things are, are short-time highs or short-time lows. What can we do to steadily increase that high, or what, what do you believe we can do that's, that's the best way to increase that high? Well, I think that's where we stumbled onto this secret with, uh, with our book. And we, we went into this, my, my colleague and I, we're both professors, and so we study human and organizational behavior. And we, kept, we were basically surprised often how, how often we went into organizations and talked to people and found out they really weren't very happy with their jobs. And so we, we thought, well, uh, we're both dog owners, and dogs seem to be the happiest creatures on earth. <laughs> so what is it about dogs we like? And as we began to interview people, we essentially asked people like you, because you have a dog, and we'd say, well, you know, Jr., what is it you like about your dog? And they started giving us answers, and those those answers were things like, my dog loves me unconditionally, mm-hmm. and they're so forgiving, and they're so playful, and they have such a positive attitude, and they, they're so balanced. And these qualities, as we begin to list them up, we were originally thinking of them about dogs, but then we thought, no, wait a minute. Those are qualities we need in our lives, and it, wouldn't our lives be much happier if we had them? So to answer your question, my suggestion would be we need to learn to focus more on the intrinsic rewards uh, and relationships that surround us. Is that, uh, I mean, I th- I'm thinking about my dog now, obviously. We just brought him up, Jake, and I'm thinking about him at home. And every time I come home, he's ex- super excited to see me. It doesn't take much to get him happy. He just wants to go outside and run around for a little bit, maybe go to the park. And then a treat maybe is is something that would uh, really get him going in the house. Do you think that gratitude or a lack of gratitude is or is something that are hampering humans, and is that something we can learn from dogs too? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, gratitude, I was talking with a gentleman today in a business, and uh, 
uh, gratitude shows up in a lot of different ways. In this particular case, uh, so you might think about it in business settings that you've been in or your re- your listeners might think about this, mm-hmm. is how often you go to uh, the, the higher-ups, so to speak, and say, hey, I've got a great idea, a good suggestion, or here's something that's keeping us from being as productive or providing the quality we are. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice, and they pat you on the head and send you off your way. Gratitude, you know, and this is related to kind of unconditional love in dogs. You know, if you love somebody, you pay attention to them. And so my assumption is, is when you go home and your bride starts talking to you, you pay attention, or you should. (laughs) And so... And so from um, and dogs pay attention to us, you know, when we talk to them, they pay attention to us for the most part. Uh, and um, and I think gratitude shows up in businesses by how we treat each other. Do we are we grateful and respectful of each other? I, I think that's something that a lot of people and I think that's something that can definitely benefit the bottom line of a company is when you sort of create that culture that you're grateful for the person who's playing their particular role. Uh, I've worked, you know, for several years and I've been near the top and, and near the bottom as well. And I can tell you that some of the more gratifying experiences are when you're near the bottom and you're properly rewarded or thanked for the work that you're doing that helps out the people on the top. It seems like dogs sort of kind of have that innate uh, understanding that, yeah, I'm kind of the dog around the house, but it sure is nice to get that petting when you come home. That's true. And I think part of the reason why dogs are so focused on us, and and this is what the animal research uh, tends to uh, support, is that they've been our best friends for well over 15,000 years. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but they were the first animal domesticated. Four thousand. They were just, they were domesticated four thousand years before any other animal was. So they've had a long time to to be our best companions and to really learn to focus on us. And uh, and we say in businesses that we want employees and and, and employees want to go to to the places of business where they feel appreciated and respected and that they're they're providing a, a, a service or a product that is that is well worthwhile. And uh, the way you get that is to treat people with respect, to listen to them, to value them, and to, to help them develop. And make them feel like they're a very valuable cog in the machine that is whatever company you happen to be working at. That's right. And it's not even a matter of making them feel that way. It's, making, it's uh, ensuring they do feel that way, mm-hmm. that uh, – uh, you know, you're not you're not manipulating, but rather it's like you, you really are a part of this and you're making this you're making a difference here. Absolutely. One thing you mentioned as we were talking about what people like about their dogs and things that we can learn from them was their forgiveness. And I heard this quote one time and it's it, very applicable to me because my dog is a black dog. I'll get up in the middle of the night and he'll be laying there and I won't see him and I'll trip over him and I'll think, oh, I tripped over him. I just woke up in the middle of the night, tripped over the dog. The dog thinks I woke up in the middle of the night and kicked him. And yet, the next morning, he's still so excited to see us and go outside and get his morning meal. Why, what can we learn about forgiveness from our dogs? Well, I think what we can learn there is that uh, they forgive easily. And part of it is because that's the way their brains are wired. They don't hold a memory as long as we do. It's not that they don't forget. So, in other words, if you treat a dog uh, uh, punitively or, or beat them or anything like that. They remember that. But 
they're inclined to forgive. We, on the other hand, are inclined to hold a grudge as long as we can. And in fact, it's not too hard to look around uh, either actually just basic American politics or mm-hmm. politics anywhere in the, in the world or different countries or different religions who've hated each other for thousands of years and don't really even know why anymore. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And then and then sometimes it gets to the point where you're you're having this discussion with someone that you don't like and they say something you agree with and then you just disagree with it because it's the person you don't like that came up and said it. You mentioned that dogs will remember the punitive actions that you take and and that's something to be uh, mindful of too I think is the way that you treat your dog is often reflected in the way that they're going to treat you back especially with my dog again I've as long as I've known him I've loved just wrestling with him and playing with him and having fun and that's how he sees me as the fun uh, parent I guess in our house Uh, is there something that to be learned there about uh, the way that we uh, treat and interact other with other people Absolutely. In fact, I mean, it almost goes back to the title of y'all's production, you know, Live Happy, is Mm -hmm. all of the positive psychology research says being positive is is an important thing. And that's really what, uh, you know, being grateful and and forgiving and, and, and having a positive attitude, which is one of the qualities we like about dogs. They're very positive. They're they I've got a friend uh, actually down in Austin, uh, Texas, that says, you know, his dog, Kate Jackson, uh, sees every walk as a great adventure, you know, whether it's rain, snow, you know, sun, it doesn't make any difference. It's going to be an adventure. Uh, and we need to be positive too. Uh, I think, you know, kind of getting back to what we were talking about, the, our egos get in the way of us being forgiving and forgiving ourselves too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so being positive and, uh, you know, recognizing that, you know, it's important to get results in a business, but how you say things and the way you say things is, is really vital. And if you say things in a business, in business meetings that are belittling or demeaning to other people or, uh, you know, particularly in public or screaming, which you, I'm getting, I've seen that sort of thing happen, oh, yeah. it's, it is uh, not in, in conducive to building a good working foundation for people. Not at all. People, you know, I think there's so many people, that's just how they were brought up, or that's the way things used to be, and and you made a mistake, and instead of being coached, you were yelled at until the beatings continued until morale improved, but I think there's that conditioning thing, like we've talked about, you know, if if you... If you are uh, punishing that dog in a physical way for doing something, he remembers that. And if you do that too often, he gets scared of you. But if you are kind of guiding and teaching and, and doing it in a positive way, the dog kind of starts to reflect that attitude as well. And I think humans react that exact same way. That's right. In fact, by by helping a dog develop in a positive way, that builds your relationship even closer. And And as you probably know, a majority of people who have pets, who have dogs, see them now as a as a part of their family, not just a commodity uh, that, that kind of is entertaining to have around, but they see them as an actual part of the family. Mm-hmm. Again, the same thing is true in an organization, so or even as an employee. How I treat my customers, the suppliers, my coworkers, uh, the people I work with is is very very important. And uh, it, it sets the tone for how productive we're going to be. You've got a family member by the name of Panda 
who is an English Springer Spaniel. What has Panda taught your family about uh, happiness and living a happy life? Uh, Panda is a never-ending source of entertainment and uh, <laughs> learning. <laughs> I think it's because I make so many mistakes. <laughs> but, uh, oh, we all do. That's I've, fine. I've, I've really had to learn to, to kind of swallow my ego and, and say, you know, it doesn't make any difference who I learn from or even if it's from my dog. I better learn lessons now. Uh, but but Panda's just a great friend, you know, to be perfectly honest. He's uh He's taught me to communicate better. I had an incident. In fact, this whole book came out came up, came about as a as a result of a of a business issue where I was I was uh, being asked to develop a brand new uh, program, and uh, a new administration had come in and basically was saying, "Look, you need to do uh, get twice the results you're wanting. To, we want you to get, but with no marketing budget." So. I was out walking with my dog trying to figure out, well, what can I do? You know, how do I convince these people that makes no sense? And uh, he uh, found a, a, a bird on the ground that I couldn't see, uh, and, and it turned out later on that as I thought about that, I thought, well, you know, if I had if I had changed my perspective, I could have seen the bird that he saw, but I couldn't. So I, I tried to go back and, and uh, convince these executives that they needed to do something a little bit different in terms of funding for this project. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought he really taught me a lot about communication and that's what led to this book. So uh, I think it's being open to learning uh, is very helpful for anybody. Absolutely. And and being mindful, I think, is, is helpful in that situation, too, because there's a lot of times you know, I'll be walking my dog and he'll find something and it's just kind of like, OK, leave it alone. And then I don't think about it, even if there are applications to my life. But being mindful of the situations you're in can kind of help you uh, analyze those lessons that your dog is is maybe teaching you that uh, you might be missing. Otherwise, if you just think of them as just a dog. That's right, and mindfulness is very much related to another quality that we really like about dogs, which is balance, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be mindful, mindfulness is very closely associated with life balance, and uh, dogs are very balanced. You know, they're, yeah. they're eating, playing, or sleeping, whereas we tend to inundate ourselves with things. We, we, we have to stay active and, and engaged, and on. You know, I think I, I read the other day where uh, the average average person is is uh, on their phone or, or tweeting uh, or, or sending messages over 150 times a day. And that's not including everything else they're doing. So being mindful means backing off and actually paying attention and focusing on other people. Yeah, that's something that's uh, becoming almost a, a skill nowadays, the fact that people can carry on conversations face-to-face and give you one-on-one time, which is something dogs are actually pretty good at. Uh at least uh, our dog, and I don't know if it's training or what, but he can kind of tell when you need a when you need a friend, you need a partner, and uh, they'll go to you and focus all their attention on you, which is uh, welcome in today's uh, society for sure. And that's a good point too, because uh, I have a good friend who trains service dogs, mm-hmm. and those dogs are just so intuitive. It seems to know. Uh, for the different types of people that they encounter, whether it's a child uh, that has cancer or is just nervous because of a psychological issue or it's an elderly person or a person that's wired up to a lot of electrodes, they have a, it's almost an intuitive sense to know, here's what I need to do for that person. And 
and, and, and I think that's interesting because a lot of times people don't want to do that. So if you think about how many people want to just really do want to go, let me just go hang out at the, uh, at the hospital with someone who's uh, very, very ill or sick or dying um, and, not, and not resent that, uh, it's, it's hard to do. And so I think pets, dogs in particular are just uh, great models for us. Yeah, and they and they like you said they take the time they will focus on you because they are so focused on you. They that you're their world and uh it's it's an incredible bond that uh humanity has formed with dogs over the millennia that uh, you mentioned since we've since we've uh, been able to domesticate those dogs. The uh, book that we're talking about and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface on this. We want to encourage everybody to pick uh, everybody to pick up a copy. It's called The Dog's Guide to Your Happiness: 7 Secrets for a Better Life from Man's Best Friend. And uh, before we get to your next project, where can folks find uh, that book? I assume wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Amazon's the best uh, source right now. Very good. And uh, we'll be checking uh, that out as well. We'll probably be able to link to it as well uh, on uh, our page. But what I really want to talk about here now is your next project. And uh, it's it's dog-related again. What is this next book going to be about? And how can people participate? Well, thanks, Jr. This next project we're writing is very similar to this one, and the re- it's basically we're trying to collect stories and pictures from people about what your dog has taught you, mm. and the, what how this idea came about was as we after we wrote this book and as we go and present to groups, uh, people will come up and after afterwards and say, "Hey, let me tell you what my dog taught me," or, or you know what, let me tell you a story. If my dog could talk, this is the tips he would give me to live a more uh, a happier and more fulfilling life. And the more we heard that, we thought, well, heck, this is another book right there. This, these are great stories. And uh, so what we're going to do is put together a compendium, basically a chapters in, in different themes of what people have learned from their dogs or tips that their dogs gave them to uh, live a happier and more fulfilling life and uh, and hopefully upload a picture too. They can do that by going to our website, happydogsecrets.com. And there's a form there that they can share their stories and upload their pictures. That's excellent. That's going to, my goodness, I feel like you're going to get inundated with a bunch of wonderful stories of people and their dogs. And we'll link to that uh, website on our website as well. Again, his website, uh, happydogsecrets.com. And, uh, in fact, you might get a submission from our household uh, even tonight because the more we think about it, the uh, the more our dogs can just really teach us so much. Well, and it almost takes a, a moment to kind of step back and say, gee, I really never thought about this that hard, but what have I learned from my dog? Or if my dog could talk, what would they tell me? And uh, it, and I think that's what makes this book, uh, both books are going to be interesting, is that they're looking at things we know. We know we should be balanced and playful and forgiving and more loving and uh, and and so on. But, but it's nice to be reminded, and particularly to a new set of eyes, our, the eyes of our dogs. Yes. I was just thinking about that. The way my dog sees the world when he goes someplace new is probably the way we should all see the world when we go someplace new. It's uh, it's fantastic. Well, the book, again, the, guides, the Dog's Guide to Your Happiness, Seven Secrets for a Better Life from Man's Best Friend. You can find it on Amazon. And be sure to be a part of the next book by uh, uploading your pictures and stories of what you've learned from your dog at Happy Dog Secrets. 
com. Gary, we are so appreciative that you took some time out to be with us today, and uh, we are looking very much forward to seeing some very good dogs uh, in uh, your next book in the very near future. Thank you so much. Thank you, JR. It was a pleasure. Gary is now working on his second book and is asking readers to go to their website and leave pictures and stories about what they've learned from their dog to live a happier and more fulfilling life at work and at home. We've linked to it on livehappynow.com. You can also download a free sketch note of this episode at livehappynow.com. And while you're online, let us know what you think of the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy. You can also send us an email podcast at livehappy.com. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the podcast. For everybody at Live Happy Magazine and the Live Happy Now podcast, I'm Jared Houston saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy.